God will promote you. See, if you do the best you can with what you have, where you are, you're not going to be there very long. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you, those of you who are joining us by television and those of you joining us at ourjesus.com. We are so happy that you tuned in today. And today we're doing part two of something we started a little over a week ago entitled Developing Your Potential. And we used uh, a particular text that you can turn to, which is 2 Timothy chapter 1. During this little mini-series we're doing on developing your potential. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love and a sound mind. So we're talking today from the subject, developing your potential. Developing your potential. And here, Timothy was very unsure of himself. He didn't think he had anything to offer. He didn't think that his life could account for much. But the Apostle Paul spoke to him in these words and he he literally said, he said, Timothy, there's great potential in you. There's a gift of God that's in you if you will believe it, if you will recognize it, if you will develop it, if you will act on it, if you will tap into it and use it. There is a mighty gift of God that's in you. And he was letting Timothy know that there is more in you than you realize. And this is what God is saying to all of us. There is more in us than we realize. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's more in you than what you realize. We all have God-given abilities and gifts and talents, unlimited potential on the inside of us. But sometimes we don't believe it. Sometimes we don't recognize it. Sometimes we're not tapping into it. We're not using it. We're not developing it. And, and it's lying dormant on the inside of us. And oh, what a great tragedy it is to get to the end of life. And to get to the end of life and to get to heaven. And you stand before God. And there were books in you that you never wrote. There were songs in you you never sung. God called you to be a teacher, but you never taught. God called you to be a doctor, but you never developed yourself. 
God might have called you to be an attorney, but you didn't have the discipline to go to school. God might have called you to work with children, but you never pursued your gift. God might have called you to be a counselor. God might have called you. And all of these things, what a great travesty it would be to stand before God. Having lived this life and we get to heaven with seeds in us that we never developed and never bloomed. I remember my my mother telling us the story of her father's brother, her uncle. And he was on his deathbed. And my mother slipped up beside his, his deathbed and she asked him, she said, did God ever call you to preach? She said, did God ever call you to minister? Was there a calling on your life? And with tears streaming down his face, he said, yes, there was. But I never answered the call. And he said, the anointing will come on me so strongly, I will go out into the field and preach to the birds and preach to the trees. But I never used the gift God gave me. What a travesty it would be to get to the end of life. And you have so many seeds undeveloped. So many seeds of potential undeveloped. I have a good friend of mine and and every year he gives me a big bag of seeds to plant for the spring. And last year he gave me a big bag and I didn't plant them. And I thought about that. I had this big bag of potential Lilies and roses and daisies and azaleas and all these beautiful... My, my yard could have been bursting forth with color and vibrancy and beauty. But all I had was a bag full of ugly little old seeds. Because I never put them to work. I never planted them. I never developed them. And as a result, I never unleashed the potential. And now I don't even know where the bag of seeds is. Unused potential. And he also, he sent Brother James a bag. And I brought James his bag this year. And James told me, he said, I don't just need the seeds from him. I need him to come and plant them. But there's a great principle in that. That man was not going to come and plant them for him. He was not going to come plant them for him. Somebody said, no matter how tall your grandfather is, you must do your own growing. And so, nobody's going to grow for you. You got to do your own growing. You have to do your own developing. You got to, you got to plant your own potential. You got to use your own gifts. Nobody's going to do that for you. So we have a great charge to develop our Potential, but you got to believe it. First, you got to believe you got some potential. Because if you don't believe you have any potential, you'll never try to reach it. You'll never try to use it and develop it. So you got to recognize it. You got to believe it. You got to know that it's there and begin to develop. I like something that, that Anne Frank said. She says, Everyone has inside of him a piece of good news. The good news is that you don't know how great you can be, how much you can love, 
what you can accomplish and what your potential is. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a piece of good news in you. You don't know how great you can be. Henry Ford said this, he says, There is no man living who isn't capable of doing more than he thinks he can do. There's nobody alive who isn't capable of doing more than they think that they can do. And so, I want to ask you, I want to ask you this question. What gifts and talents are inside you? What gifts and talents are inside you that are just dying to come out? That are just dying to be developed? What dreams do you have that are just waiting to be fulfilled? The greatest handicap a person can have is not to realize his potential. That's the greatest handicap that a person can have. And I begin to realize there are a couple of things that, that keep us from developing our potential. And number one, the first thing that keeps you from developing your potential is fear. Fear of failure. Fear of your past. Fear of thinking you don't have what it takes. Fear. Fear. And that's why, and this is the first time I ever saw this, that's why in the text that we read there in 2 Timothy, after the Apostle Paul spoke to Timothy and he began telling him about stirring up his gift, using his potential, the very next verse he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And I had never looked at that in relation to potential, that that Timothy was afraid. He was afraid to use the gift that God had given. He didn't think he was good enough. He was afraid of failure. He was afraid. He didn't think he was qualified. He didn't think he had what it takes. And so, he, so Paul immediately wrote in the next verse, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. God has Fear is one thing that causes us, it, it keeps us from developing our potential. Fear. Fear. Turn to your neighbor and say, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He hasn't given us the spirit of fear. And the, the second thing that I really found that hinder our ability to develop our potential is... Not being, and this is really what I want to talk about today, in our first session we begin, and I just started giving some keys on how we can develop our potential. You know, the great thing, it doesn't matter where you are today, what's really important is what direction you're moving. And so even though if you, if you haven't developed, if you've messed up, you haven't done anything, that's okay. Because today you can start. Turn to your neighbor and say, today you can start. The hardest part about getting somewhere is starting, getting started. So today you can start. And so I started sharing some keys uh, about developing your potential. And I, I want to pick up and, and start sharing more of those today. And we'll also do some in part three. But uh, number one, we, we talked about 
being excellent where you are is the number one key into developing your potential. It's being excellent where you are. Using what you have where you are. Doing the best you can where you are. Using what you have. And when we do that, when we begin to do that, God will promote you. See, if you do the best you can with what you have, where you are, you're not going to be there very long. See, promotion comes because of being excellent in everything that we do. So be excellent right where you are. Turn to the neighbor and say, be excellent right where you are. And I'm not going to go into that. I gave a long spill on that in part one, so you can go back and listen to message 7421 at airjesus.com, and you can hear that entire spiel that I gave on being excellent where you are. But number two, and this is, this is vitally important, number two to developing your potential is being in the right environment. Being in the right environment. There are certain tropical fish and this particular species of fish they grow to the size of their environment which means if you put them in a small aquarium they'll 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 be limited in the size that they can grow they'll grow to the environment around them but if you put them in the ocean oh it's unlimited they're they're huge they get big because there's unlimited potential in them but they only grow to the size of their environment people are the same way we grow to the size of our environment we grow to the size of our environment so if you're in a if you're in a small-minded environment where everyone is just complaining and talking about their problems and talking about how rough it is and talking about what they don't have and talking about what they can't do. So you're limited in your potential right there. You just limited your potential because you can only grow to the size of your environment. So you got to change associations. You got to change environments. And so you have to, if you know, if you notice, this is a biblical principle. The Bible says that Jesus could do no mighty work in Nazareth because the environment was too small. Nobody believed he could do anything. And nobody believed he was anybody. And the Bible said, literally says Jesus could no, he could do no mighty work in his own hometown. The environment limited his potential. And there were several occasions where Jesus wanted to heal people. There was one man Jesus wanted to heal. And the environment was so limiting that Jesus took the man by the hand and led him out of town. He had to lead him to another environment before he could bring the miraculous power of God into his life. We are limited in our potential uh, based on our environment. Jesus always created environment. Because he realized his potential would grow and be realized and released in the proper environment. He entered in one time to raise a young girl from the dead. Everybody there laughed him to scorn. The next verse says Jesus put them all out. He said, I don't want but three people with me. Peter, James, and John. Faith, love, and power. He changed the environment. He changed the environment. You have to 
you, we are limited in our potential by our environment. So look around at your associations because who you hang with is exactly the direction you are headed in your life. Whoever you hang with, that's exactly. I read an interesting study that says that out of your five, clo- you know, people who are the five closest uh, associations, they all make within 10% of the same income. You think about it. You and all of your friends, you all make right around the same thing. So if you want to make more, folks, you got to start hanging with somebody who makes more than that. You got you to change your environment. Your potential is limited by your environment. You got to get in a bigger place. You got to start hanging around bigger people. If you're the biggest fish in your pond, your pond is too small. I heard Will Smith say, Will Smith says he hangs with five people. And he said, out of those five people, he is the smallest person. Now, this is Will Smith. Will Smith is the biggest movie actor there is. And he says he's the smallest person out of all of his friends. No wonder he's doing such great things. Because he's changed the environment. He put himself in an environment that challenges him. That brings the best out of him. Turn your name and say, you've got to see who you're hanging with. Your environment, your environment controls so much of your potential. Spend some time with great people. Spend time with great people. And if you don't have direct access to great people, well, get their tapes. Get their CDs. Get their DVDs. Get their books. Read great books. When you, when you attach yourself to, to, to great things, you can, you can absorb the ideas from great people. So read, certainly they've said, spend time with great people. Say, read great books. Say, visit great places. See, all of these things, you're changing, you're changing your environment. You're changing your environment. One thing about Pastor Nathaniel, he follows all of these principles. And not too long ago, he spent over $4,000 to fly five of us to California to the Crystal Cathedral to see Robert Schuller. And it was a one-day trip, as he talked about. And it didn't really make sense looking at it in natural terms. Why would you spend over four grand for a one-day trip? We came back the same day. And it didn't make sense looking at it financially. He understood the principle. He wanted to change his environment. Visit great places. Something about walking on the grounds of the pioneer of the hour of power did something to us. It was majestic being in the crystal cathedral when we sat in there. It caused us to dream bigger dreams. It caused us to see our potential. And since we're starting the power minute, we wanted to sit under the originator of the hour of power. Because it was enhancing our developing our potential. So turn your name and say, uh, be with great people. 
Visit great places. Attend great events. These are things that develop your potential. Your life is changed by three things. Your life is changed by the people you meet, the experiences you have, and the books you read. Those are the three things that will change your life. The people you meet, the experiences you have, and the books you read. So if you want to develop your potential... You have to make sure that you're in a healthy environment. Get into the right environment. So number one, we talked about um, last time in part one. You can, like I said, you can go back and listen to that. But we talked about uh, being excellent right where you are. Being excellent right where you are. Number two is get in a healthy environment. Stay in a healthy, get into the right environment so that you can begin to develop your potential. I heard Tiger Woods uh, talking about his friends, and it was very interesting. You know who Tiger Woods hangs with? And it was, it was so interesting when I heard it. Tiger Woods, the person that he hangs with and he was texting the most, was the number one tennis player in the world. I can't call his name right now, but that's Tiger Woods, one of his closest friends. The number one tennis player in the world. Number two... He was hanging with the great quarterback of the Baltimore Colts, was uh, Manning. Look at who, look at who he's, he's hanging with. He changes environment. You wonder why people are great? They make sure they get in. They hang with great people. They're in great environments. And I thought that was that was really something. He calls the number one tennis player of the world. Calls the number one quarterback. That's why he's number one. He changed his environment. He thinks number one. He thinks number one. So if you want to develop your potential, start being around people who are further along than you are. People who have developed their potential. Hang around. Something or rub more is caught than is taught. Something rubs off on you. You pick up something. There's something that is transmitted into your very being and into your very fiber when you hang around someone who has caught a hold of their potential and using it to their fullest. Number three, if you want to develop your potential, um, is be disciplined. Be disciplined. Turn to your neighbor and say, be disciplined. Now, that's a hard word. That's, a, that's almost like a curse word. Nobody likes discipline. <laughs> but to develop your potential, it takes work. It takes dedicated work. It takes commitment. It takes sacrifice. It takes diligence. Can't be lazy and develop your potential. Laziness is a great hindrance to developing your potential. When you simply do things or don't do things because you don't feel like it, because it's not convenient, you'll never develop your potential that way. You've got to pay the price. Anything that's worthwhile exacts a price. And you have to be willing to pay the price to reach your potential. You have to be able to and willing to do what you need to do, not what you want to do. If you do the things you need to do long enough, you'll one day be able to do the things you want to do. 
I read an interesting statement from Sarasate. He was the greatest Spanish violinist of the 19th century. And he was called a genius by one of his famous critics of his times. And Sarasate said, genius? He said, for 37 years, I have practiced 14 hours a day, and now they call me genius. No, sacrifice. You got to be disciplined. You got to you have to you have to have a strong work and you got to work hard. You got to give up some things. You can't hang with everybody and do everything that everybody else is doing because everybody else is not trying to go where you're trying to go. Everybody else is not trying to develop their potential. You have to do what needs to be done. How much further we all would be if we all just did the thing we knew we needed to do. How much further we would be. You got to be disciplined. You got to be disciplined. That's why there are so many people who have unused potential. Because it's not easy developing your potential. It takes work ethic. It takes, you can't be lazy. You can't be sorry. You can't be lazy. You can't, you have to have discipline. Turn your neighbor and say, it takes discipline. You got to make yourself do what you need to do in order to develop discipline. That was a virtuoso. And he was playing the piano so beautifully. And a young man went up to him and he said, I would give my life to play like that. The virtuoso turned around and said, I did give my life to play like this. Discipline. You got to be Discipline. You got to be disciplined. I am out of time. Those of you who are listening, I want you to go to airjesus.com. You can listen to this message, message number 7422, in its entirety, um, developing your potential. You can also email it to a friend absolutely free of charge. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. Praise God. This is part two, and we'll do part three on... This ends message number 7422 by C. Elijah Bronner. To send this message, Developing Your Potential, part two, number 7422, to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 7422. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often, and keep your spirit charged up.